Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Give me two. I got it right. Okay. The first one was hey. the wrong one. Yeah, Fancy that, new graphics. Yeah, look at us. You know, I'm trying. <laughs> I, that's what I was trying to squeeze it in. I was trying to do too much before we were supposed to start the show, and that's what I get. That's my fault. Either way, we're here live now, and maybe you're watching this later. In fact, a lot of you are, frankly, watching this after the fact. And if you are, make sure you subscribe and like the video, blah, blah, blah. You know how all that stuff works. Come on. You know how this is. We want the show to grow. Uh, we had a nice little bump of subs over last week, so we appreciate all the new subscribers. Check out the whole Palazzo world with the Discord and everything. If you're not using the Discord, then you're not really a part of everything. You're missing out on a lot. It's not that you're not a part of things. You're just missing out. Uh, ben, we're here to talk about the MLB draft, which went down. The break is about over. This is Thursday, 5 p.m., so we're getting back to yep. baseball tomorrow from when we're recording. And there was also the Futures game. And our yep. guy, Mr. Justin Henry Malloy himself, was representing the Detroit Tigers in the Futures game. Go Tigers. I was really happy for him. I thought it was cool that he was the guy that was chosen from the Tigers. And I got to tell you, the Futures game doesn't excite me because I feel like it's more for show for mainstream fans i mean you obviously are such a hardcore dynasty baseball minor leagues guy you know all these guys already and i know you don't gleam a lot from it but i'm curious you know when you watch a futures game what do you take from it really the best thing that you can get out of something like that is did somebody add a new pitch is somebody now has they have they changed their launch angle? Someone like, uh, I guess this surprised me just because I haven't seen a lot of video of him other than minor league video, which is notoriously really bad quality. Colt Keith has drastically improved his body. Um, they are projecting him as a potential second baseman now, and I can see why. Like I always kind of thought, well, he's a he's a corner guy. He's got to be a corner guy. Look at that body. He's it's not that he was chunky, but he wasn't lean. And you kind of got to be lean in order to work up the middle. And he's really leaned himself down. Um, and and that impressed me. I mean, it's just little things that maybe you haven't had a chance to catch all year. Um, this was supposed to be a whole ton of really studly hitters that were going to mash up on pitching. And there were 11 hits total in the entire game. Um, 
five uh, the Nash for just so folks know the National League won five to nothing. That's um, right. And a clean sweep. Yeah. Clean sweep on the weekend or week or however you want to. Yeah, what a, the, the event was National League dominated. The thing that I really enjoy about this is Major League Baseball, when they took over minor league baseball, took away all the various leagues breaks. There used to be an all-star game for the Southern League that was held you know, the third week of June. And then maybe, you know, the South Atlantic League would have their all-star game, you know, the second week of June. And their second half would start after that. They don't do that anymore. The minor leagues have the same break as the major leagues. They've been on a break of games the last four days. And that's why I will say it's one of the downfalls is it used to be great because, okay, there's no major league baseball tonight, but you know what? We can really watch the minors. And now they don't have that either. So yeah, it's really a downtime. So it's really empty. But you got to see some of these guys that you've been hearing a lot about, and some of them really showed out. Um, Jacob Mizorowski from the Brewers. Holy crap! Does that guy have some stuff? And uh, struck out the side in his one inning of pitching. I think his average was 101 miles an hour on the fastball. Mm. Um, just and he has just a couple of very wicked pitches to go along with it. Um, Spencer Schwellenbach of the Braves. Someone that I'm obviously going to be watching, but he, he came out and he ended up getting graded with the, I think the third best pitch of the game. Um, Eno Saris did his stuff plus on this game and said that Jacob Mizorowski out out of the top five pitches, as in like style of pitches for the game, uh, Mizorowski had two out of the top 10. He had three. Um, so that tells you just how good his stuff was. And he said, if I would do it by 10 individual pitches, Mizorowski would have at least half. Hey, um, is Schwellenbach still hitting or is he focusing on pitching? Now? No, he is focused completely on pitching um, and has a heck of a curve. Uh, really. That was fun to see because a good right-handed curve is a pretty good weapon. It's never as pretty as a lefty curve because there's just something about that curve coming from a left-hander, especially a good slow loopy curve, the Barry Zito curve. You know, that's that's just something that's fun to watch. Just loop up there and guys do the Bugs Bunny swing, swinging and then stopping and watching the ball finally hit, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> but it was a good chance to see a lot of really good players and kind of see some like, oh, that's why that guy has that problem. Um, uh, Jasper Zuleta of the in the Blue Jays system allowed in one of the runs. He struck out two. He had two thirds of an inning pitch, struck out two. So both of his outs would be a strike. Give me two. Exactly. But he may have gotten two strikeouts. He may not have walked anyone. But holy buckets, were they all over the place? And he ended up hitting a guy. He hit Dalton Rushing with a pitch, but he was just all over the place. And it did not seem like he knew where he was pitching. Um, and that's just, that's a big concern I've had watching him all year long. Uh, our boy, Justin Henry, he got two walks. So he was on base twice. And I think there was only like four guys in the entire game that got on base twice. So, <laughs> you know, good for him. They also have the um, automated strike zone and challenges that, 
they're testing out. Yes. And that was fun to see. It was weird. It was weird to see that in action. In fact, Justin Henry Malloy got a walk off. I think one of the pitches was challenged, but he ended up getting the walk. So, And some other guys, um, one thing I noticed, uh, people noticed that Andy, Andy Rodriguez was on the team along with Jefferson Quiero and Dalton Rushings. They're kind of going, so how are you going to spread out all this catching time? And we've all known that Andy is likely to play somewhere other than catcher to get up to the bigs. He started at first base. Yeah. And that's something to take note of because the pirates definitely want to get him up. But the fact that he ended up getting, you know, the first reps at first base, that's a big deal. And, uh, you know, they also had uh, Jackson Shurio, just for those who are kind of wondering where he sits on prospect ranks, is the only guy who got who did not get removed from the game. Hmm. He got four at bats. Strange. Why would game. that happen? What's do you have any reason for that? Um could be a lot of things. I know for a fact that they did not have a ton of outfielders. In fact, the National League lost their DH because they did not have a whole lot of outfielders on the team. And Justin Crawford was started at DH for some reason. I think that was ridiculous because one of his best tools is his defense. Um, but they started him at DH, and then later in the game they went, oh, uh, we kind of need a center fielder, so you're going to go play center, which meant that they then lost their DH spot. Um, <laughs> and so from that point forward, they had to work around the pitcher and pinch hit there and all sorts of things. So it was kind of a mess. But um, not not a ton of, like, holy cow, big big stuff to take out of this. Um, Nassim Nunez had a really nice hit to get drive in three of the runs. I also stole a base, but he's a, he's a utility infielder to me. Um, Nice ton of speed, ton of defense. I don't think he's ever going to hit enough to be a starter. So, I mean, there's just guys like that, that this is a fun game for them to showcase and uh, you know, but, there are guys on this roster that next year you're going to go, oh, dang, I need to go pick that guy up. Well, one of those guys last year was Yanier Diaz of the Houston Astros. He was on this team. Very few people knew who the heck he was. Uh-huh. Now look where he's sitting. So yeah. I mean, getting to know the guys on these rosters is usually a pretty good idea to do because they're usually the ones who are kind of right there. They're either the stud prospects or they're the guys that are right there just about ready to come up to the big leagues and tyler soderstrom got to play in the game and then he got called up to the big leagues he's gonna be making his debut with the athletics on friday and that gives the oakland a's two catchers on the roster both first round picks with shang langoliers joining him and soderstrom those two dudes are first round picks that are catchers that's pretty unusual in fact if i looked it up it'd be hard pressed to see two catching guys that were on the main roster that were both first round picks, especially recent picks. I am trying to make sure of this, but I think weren't they both the same draft? Uh, yeah, that's possible. That was the double dip year. I just did this. No, I think they were separate years. I think they were separate years. No, um, Langoliers was a Braves pick. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh crap. And then he was part of that. Yeah, they were. I forgot about that. That's right. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to think. I don't see Soderstrom. I'm trying to remember where. 
Tyler Soderstrom is a guy, by the way, that I'm not excited about, frankly. Uh, in terms of redraft, I'm not saying for his career. I have yeah. no idea how that's going to go yet. But for you guys playing redraft, you're excited about Tyler Soderstrom. I would pump the brakes on it because their lineup's awful, and I'm not sure no. how how much he's going to be of use to you this season right now. I'm actually on the not rushing to pick him up side of things. So. And, and I mentioned to folks that if you want a good comp, look at what Yanir Diaz has done this year. Power, not a whole lot of OBP. And because of that, his average has taken some pretty big swings over the course of the year, he's had some two-week periods where he hit like oh something, and gave you three home runs, but those were his only three hits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he's had other spots where he's hit three hundred. You know, that's that's what Tyler Soderstrom's probably going to give you the rest of this year. He has some work to do on his uh, on handling the strike zone as a batter. Uh, he was a twenty twenty pick. I just got that to load. So. Yeah. Uh, Langoliers was 2019 and Soderstrom was 2020. I thought, gosh, they were pretty close in draft age. But yeah, anyway. Schuster was the Soderstrom pick in 2020 for the Braves. Yeah. Yeah. And also, so, uh, Nick York was in the 2020 draft and he was struck out in this game as well. Yeah. Who had a really good, or at least a lot of people said he had a good Arizona Fall League, Nick York did. So I don't. And he's improved himself significantly from maybe a year prior because he was, it was starting to look like he might not be a whole lot. Um, But yeah, that's what uh, Chad just mentioned there. That's one of the big things with Soderstrom. He's coming into two positions where power is kind of devoid. You're not going to find a lot of catchers who have legit 20 home run power. And he also plays enough at first to where he's probably going to be eligible at both. Yeah, That's, if there's anything, he's going to be fairly valuable at the very bottom of both positions in a in like a 12 to 15 team redraft. If you've got one catcher, one first baseman, he's that kind of guy who you're going to swap in and out at first base, you know, uh, or catcher either way. Jamie wants to know, is it possible we could see any of these guys closer to the end of the season that were, I mean, we already saw Soderstrom get called, but beyond yep. that, I'm sure there's going to be a couple more guys that are in the Futures game who get the call. Maybe the Pittsburgh pitcher he asks about. Uh, I mean, uh, Justin Henry Malloy, too. Will we see Justin Henry Malloy make his debut for the Tigers this year? I'm going to say that he does show up, but he, it could be very limited where his eligibility is still kept under wraps. Yep. And the Pittsburgh pitcher he's thinking of is actually a former gopher, uh, J.P. Massey. And oh. J.P. had some big struggle issues. He's kind of in a – I don't think he's going to be up. JP's probably looking to get up to the upper minors this year. He's very, very interesting in that he's got a lot of raw pitch talent, but probably as a reliever. Um, and But, I mean, we've already seen Owen White. He pitched in this game. He's probably going to be back up. Joey Cantillo would not surprise me. He's probably that next Indians pitcher that gets called up. Of course, that requires the Indians to actually have room for him. But um, Yasvir uh, Zulueta, even though he struggled in this game with his control, he's, he's, gonna made, get a shot. The move, he's made a, the move to the bullpen, and I absolutely could see him getting some work 
toward the end of the season. I drafted him um, in, uh, I think, the Palazzo Invitational, actually, which is our okay. draft champions. So that was I was banking on the fact that he would eventually get a call up. I was hoping maybe it would happen kind of by now, but that hasn't happened yet, obviously. And, and I think he's a guy, they actually have, I, I, this was something I'm not remembering off the top of my head. I think something like half of their bullpen is free agents this offseason. So oh. it's a big thing for him to likely get a shot and take a look. They're talking about like Pearson getting a shot and seeing what he is. And all these, a lot of these guys that are young and in the Jays system because of that reason, they've got a bunch of free agents in that bullpen that it could mean that they want to, if they're looking to save money, they probably got to stick around in house. Um, Other than that, Colt Keith, I could see him getting up by the end of the year for a, a splash, especially if it's at second base and the Tigers are out of it. What the heck? Give him some run in the majors at second. That's a tough but one. I don't That's think... a tough one, though. Especially if it's down be... between Malloy or Keith. Will it only be one yeah. of them? Would they both and actually get the it. call? And that's just it. I think you got to look at – I think July 31st will tell you a lot. Actually, it's not exactly July 31st, but the trade deadline yeah. is going to tell you a lot for the Detroit Tigers. If they're – if they've cleared out some space, very likely that you're going to see at least one of not both of those two guys. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I got to tell Chad, that, by the way, yeah. that Chad, I've changed my tune on Eduardo Rodriguez. He will be traded. I was saying during the season that he would probably stick around. The Tigers have hung in it, but I've changed my mind on that. I'm out. I, especially after what happened with Max Clark got drafted. And the Tigers, by the way, that was a big deal. That I was surprised that Max Clark was the one that was selected by the Tigers third overall, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I guess he's he's quite the personality, and the question oh. is, will the Tigers develop him properly? And I'm curious what you you real quickly. What is your take on that, Ben? Just because I'm I'm selfish and I want to know. Well, that could be kind of the start of our our uh, draft stuff. That was really the first. Everyone kind of figured LSU guys would go one and two, and then the Tigers would draft Langford. Um, Lord knows the Tigers could use a guy who can mash 30 bombs and Langford's that kind of guy. Yep. But I really like what the Tigers did overall, especially on the first day. Um, they got one of my absolute favorite guys in the draft and Kevin McGonigal. Um, that guy just, he rolls out of bed and hits fastballs the other way. So, I mean, he's just that kind of a, I don't know that he'll ever hit you 20 home runs, but he's going to probably be a guy who hits 290 a lot of years. Um, that kind of profile sort of guy. Um, but Clark, Clark, I will tell you, knowing, talking to youth guys here in South Dakota, they know who Max Clark is. He has built up this kind of social media following as a, as a, as a baseball player, that's pretty rare at the high school level. And he has really, really, really worked well, um, at developing that. And not just that, but he, he's the guy who he'll have the, his, he'll be doing a selfie video, whatever. And he makes sure he's walking up and he's talking to people and getting other folks involved. And, you know, (laughs) he did that at, at like one of the perfect game or under armor events last summer. And, just wrapped his arm around uh, the guy who the other top high school guy, Walker Jenkins, and got into like this, like BSing conversation going back and forth that, you know, who do you think should be the first high schooler picked and yada, yada. It was just hilarious. This guy's just so self-aware, but at the same time, man, does he have some fun talent. And 
So I, he seems I, he seems like a fun guy to you. You don't see that he's too. I mean, a guy who is young and is a baseball player that's one of the best in the country is supposed to have an ego. It's not. That's just how it is. I get that. And some yeah. are the more, you know, Mark McGuire was a guy who was very powerful hitter, but he was not a guy who liked spotlight. He was happy to just kind of be hanging around in the clubhouse. This is a guy who is on the scene and wants to be noticed and is not afraid of that at all. That doesn't mean that he's got attitude problems necessarily. So uh, if you know, or if you remember Logan Morrison, when he was with the Marlins, Lobo, big time on, on social media, not, as much talent <laughs> to, <laughs> to back it up. He was a great personality. This is, you know, we've been kind of waiting in baseball for a guy to have that talent and personality mix. And that's, I really, I like Max Clark to potentially be that guy. I think there are some other ones that can be there. Um, I mean, there are guys who are playing in the majors who have that attitude. You're, a guy like Ronald Acuna has all sorts of attitude on the on the field, but he's not much of a social media guy. For one, English isn't his first language. Right. That's perfectly understandable. Same thing, Shohei Otani is one of the most fun guys on the field. English is not his first language. He's not huge on social media. That's okay. Oh. I but mean, Mel Guerrero Cabrera did that in Detroit, too. He was oh, yeah. He's a huge star, but he his presence is not there. It never was. It's just different. So I, I think it'll be fun to see how he handles that spotlight. But more importantly, he's got a ton of talent. This is a guy, if you put he and or put him and put Riley Green into the same outfield, I don't care who's playing left field next to those two. There's not going to be a lot of baseballs that hit the ground. That's um, fair. Yeah. Is this uh, true, by Clark the way? Had, what's that? I that I wouldn't honestly know. I could look it up. I know that they had they had someone drafted because I was watching to see there's a South Dakota high school kid that I've covered that I was hoping would get drafted and it sounds like he's going to college. There's nothing wrong with that. But, oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, so. But uh Cade Feeney is this guy's name with the went to the uh Red Sox and I'll be honest, I haven't had a chance to see him. Um, but they had a really good team of potential pro prospects this year. Gosh, if I can talk, that'd be great. Um, they had like five or six guys that uh, were legit types to maybe rank on the BA top 500. So that's not normal for North Dakota State. Now, granted, most of those guys would rank about 300 or later, including Feeney. And Feeney was by far the best. Is that like Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World? That was the name of the teacher. <laughs> you know, hey, and if you want a fun podcast to listen to, uh, the Pod Meets World podcast is former people from Boy Meets World <laughs> talking about life, and they're talking to different people from Hollywood that were on TV around the same time. It's pretty cool. There it is. Like, Ben's right on cue with that. Look at that. You love Boy Meets World, don't you? Uh, uh, I hey, <laughs> who didn't love Topanga? Let's be honest. I mean, I can't. You know, you're right. I absolutely <laughs> lived that life. She was my crush, no doubt about it. But though I was a little bit older by then too, so it was. Real, I'm really more Kelly Kapowski in the end for me growing up. But oh, absolutely. But yeah. 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 I mean, uh, also, uh, Anthony's been he dying to know. Ben, what about Austin Martin, Austin Hendricks, Ed Howard, Asa Lacey? <laughs> Are any of these guys valuable anymore? I here's. What I will tell you, um, 
a lot of those guys came from the same draft. Can you guess what year it was? It was the COVID year. Yep. And uh, there's just a lot of stuff that folks are finding out that you know, maybe we didn't get enough look, enough looks at these guys to go, ah, maybe Ed Howard is a whole lot of glove and really not anything else. Yeah. Uh, maybe Asa Lacey has some really incredible stuff, but the longer you let him go with it, it's not as fun. Uh, maybe Austin Martin doesn't really have the ability to develop the power we thought that he might. These guys were all really pushed up in that draft class. And frankly, your your Detroit boys got Spencer Torkelson in that draft, and everyone said, this guy's the next major holy crap thing. Everybody, I had people on this and, show. You can go back and listen to the first, that was our first year doing the Palazzo podcast. I had prospect people on before, before I met you, Ben. I wish I had had you on the show then. They were, <laughs> yeah, remember Lomo's diving flip at home? Legendary, says Uncle Ted. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, also, Uncle Ted says J Rod's YouTube is great. Julio Rodriguez, I haven't seen that. I'll have to, I'll have to look into that. Uh, ben brings up a good point about you know who are the real stars on social media these days for MLB, and uh, I, I guess I just don't have enough time to look at all that. But that's probably more, frankly, for getting kids interested and youngsters who want to be involved in the game yeah. too. But yes, everybody told me Spencer Storkel, Spencer Torkelson, this guy's. This guy is a real deal. I mean, this guy could crush the baseball. I have no doubts about it. That's what everybody told me. And mm-hmm. I think I uh, got caught up in some of that group think that prospect pipeline hype fest that happens all too often, unfortunately. And so I'll give you an example from this year's draft class. Chase Dollander coming into this year was in legit argument with Dylan Cruz for the top overall pick. Yes, I remember that. And Dollander fell down. He didn't drop out of the top 10, but you're talking about a guy who went from, you know, being talked about very strongly as a top overall pick. We had enough this season under the pressure. Dollander got was basically everyone was watching him to see what he was going to do every single Saturday. And it wasn't so good. And that's okay. You know, that's it. It's all right that it wasn't a perfect time for it, but yeah, and that's very true. Dollander, sadly, he was a guy who I thought would be one of those first round FYPD guys. I don't know that you want to touch him in a first round. Coors. Yeah. And with his stuff in Coors, it's not really a great thing. Um, but <laughs> no, it's not. You know, that's, that's, you know, a guy like, Torkelson, you give him the spotlight of, hey, this is your number one pick, and have him go all spring with that into College World Series season, he might have shown some of those cracks that made us go, okay, maybe he's still number one, but he's not the next coming. You know, yeah, he's he's definitely the top guy here, but, I mean, right now, Spencer Torkelson today still holds the record for the biggest bonus ever given out to a draft pick. Chris Illich did that? What? I'm stunned to hear that. That's the most stunning thing I've ever heard, actually. He got like a a million five less than slot that year, but still, you're talking about they had a shortened draft for everybody. Oh, that's why. Okay. Plus, you know, know, he was considered, like I said, the next big thing. And so 
to sign a guy like that, they figured, well, we got to just dump it all in. Well, I don't know that Cruz or Skeens will beat that. It's very possible that one of the two of them does. But, you know, they're they're in a different world now. I mean, the Nationals, and I will say, one of the things I noticed with the Nationals and the Pirates both, they went really college heavy in their draft. So you can tell they're trying to be ready to afford those guys. Those two top picks were very obviously going to require some significant cash because of the, if you just look at the way that the the Nationals and the Pirates drafted after picking them. Yeah. But I still, I mean, eight and a half million is a hell of a signing bonus. It is. And I just, I don't see what they say. Uh, pick value is nine million for Cruz. So is he going to get full pick value? I don't know. Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Please be prepared to ignore them. These people are not your friends. These messages are intended to make you feel bad or that something is missing from your life. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Prepare to enable the use of your 15-second skip-ahead button. You are in terrible peril. Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. In three, two, one. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, Anthony says, I thought Jacob Berry was going to be an FYPD 2022 bust, but it looks like Elijah Green is the one struggling. Yeah, you know, you know, now where we are here, it's a year later after last year's draft. We're talking 2023 draft here in the Blutzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah. And everybody was shitting on Jacob Berry. I remember it clearly. And I actually thought, this is getting a little out of control. I mean, the guy's from LSU. He's still a decent hitter. He's not a total loss. And everybody thought the Marlins made a mistake by taking Berry. Uh, was it six overall? Off the top yeah, of my head? It was, it was top ten for sure. It definitely was top remember. ten. I thought maybe it was sixth. Either way, um, what do you think about this now? And Elijah Green struggling also doesn't mean that it's over for him by any means. These guys are prospects no. in the making. We're trying to get to, what, you know, 1,000 at-bats, 1,200 at-bats before we can really make a judgment on, well, we've seen a lot now. You know, and Green is a guy who... I probably sounded like a broken record this last year saying Elijah Green should not be in your top seven, eight, maybe even 10 in your FYPD list. And everyone kept trying to pick him third behind Drew Jones <laughs> and Jackson Holiday. And I kept saying that, no, go get a Zach Nato, get a Brooks Lee, get a guy like that ahead of Elijah Green, because while he has got holy crap talent on that top end, you know, we keep coming back to guys like James Wood. There are only so many guys that actually click like that, that have that physical, per, you know, physical makeup. Yep. 
And you got to have a lot of talent click all right at the right time. And Green might be one of the more athletic guys we've ever seen come through the draft overall. I mean, the guy could play linebacker for somebody. His dad was an NFL tight end. Eric Green. Loved Eric Green. Yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers. But he, he's not – he was never, ever going to be a quick mover. And Green was going to be one of those guys that took a while. And I will compare him, and this is you know going way off the, the grid, going into uh, a pitcher versus hitter comparison. But when the Braves drafted A.J. smith Shaver, one of the things that talking to a guy within their system, what he said is, this, ben, this is a guy who he has got such elite raw stuff. It may take him a year. It may take him four years. But when he gets it, he is going to rocket through our system and probably go to the majors that year. What did happen to, with AJ Smith Shaver this year? And I've kind of known that, hey, I've known, remembered that going forward each year. And I thought, I didn't think this year was going to be that year, to be fully honest. That's why, otherwise, I would have had him ranked as a top Braves prospect. But mm-hmm. I think Green is a very similar guy. He's going to take some time to put together all the athleticism into baseball field skills. And it just takes some time. You know, baseball isn't football. You can't outrun a guy in baseball. It's just not going to happen. You have to actually hit the ball. You know, (laughs) if you're playing the outfield, you have to not just run to the ball. You have to catch it. And then you have to turn and make a throw with that ball. You can't just have one really good skill. You got one guy, a guy who has, oh, my gosh, hands like Julian Edelman. That guy's going to play forever because he catches anything that comes near him whether or not he can really get off the line. You know, if you got a guy who's got holy crap speed and he can make some catches, he's going to play forever in the NFL just because he can beat people down the field. It's a different ball game when you've got to make some of these hand-eye coordination things before you get to put the athleticism into play. Yeah, what about Drew Jones? Do you see any worries there with him? Or did you see it prior too, by the way? He was... To me, Holiday and and I'll I'll go back on this. Holiday, to me, was always the higher floor guy. I will be one hundred percent, you know, out there that I never thought Jackson Holiday had this kind of a ceiling. Okay, you know, but I thought he was a more safe guy. He was going to probably move quicker. But what's happened is there's been a lot of injuries for Drew Jones. Oh. I don't know that he has been healthy all year. And for a guy whose elite tool was his defense, like like far elite tool. Now, everything else was stuff that could be great. When you're elite elite on defense, if you're hurt, you're not able to play the way you'd like to on defense. And that's just what has happened for him this year. It's okay. Don't worry about it, Drew Jones. You got a dad who was a great player. You know, it's not like you have anything to live up thing, to. The big thing on that that you're showing there, Mike, is the 19. Age 19. This is still a teenage kid. And yeah, every now and then you get a Jackson Holiday that comes up to double A at 19. That's not normal. The average age in a, in like single A ball is like 24 or 23. And, you know, the average age of a guy in double A is 26 or 7. Now, granted, there's some guys within that that are yeah. old for the that skew that you know but the average age even of a prospect in double a is probably 22 23 so if he's 19 and he's just you know hasn't really gotten going in a ball that's okay 
Anthony says, are you still as high as you were on Cam Collier and your preseason rankings, Ben? Yeah, I, I, I loved Cam Collier, and I'll admit that I've been trying to get some better views on him and get some other opinions because the numbers just haven't been very good. Um, but, you know, what I will say is he's still – he's taken a ton of walks. He's been very patient at the plate. <laughs> LK line was 18. Very okay. Well, that's a everybody compares the LK line. Thanks, yeah. Gnostic Baseball. <laughs> I was just gonna say, okay, should we go back and start talking about why that was different? Because that's a whole show in and of itself. That's right. The money stuff. Because yeah, Herman Kilbrew was up at like 19 year olds old, and he would have told you he was not at all ready. But it's the way that the contracts were structured back then that you had to come to the majors immediately. Good point. So um, but anyway. Uh, Collier, I'll be honest, I've really liked what he's done defensively. Um, I know it doesn't look pretty, but he was really, really raw at third base. And I've been impressed with his first steps. I've been impressed with his with his arm. It's just a matter of he gets himself going a little too fast sometimes and doesn't look the ball all the way in, those sort of stupid errors. I mean, you call it a stupid error, you know, but it, I mean, it, it is. It's just... He's 18 though. You're, yeah, you're <laughs> going to be you're going to be learning that stuff at A ball. This is where you need to learn it. You know, in all seriousness, he's he went to uh community college last year as a, you know, as basically a high school junior. This truly was, I believe, his high school senior year yeah. this year. You he's going to be 19 in November, so he you know, he's very young. So, you're talking this guy Heck, if he went into the draft next year, he'd be the oldest of this high school seniors, but he'd be the same age as a lot of high school seniors next year's draft. Yep. So he's got time to develop. And I still, I really like what I've seen from him. It's just, he needs some, he needs some work. He went back down to complex and just is raking like nobody's business too. So, um, you know, and he's got that walk to strike out over the top of him, which is good. And yeah, I just, I noticed that today the Braves signed six of their first seven picks already, including Houston, uh, Hurston Waldrop, and they're going to have a lot of money to sp spread around their draft based on what they signed him for. That's going to be a really nice deal. Um, and they've got some pretty solid high school and junior college guys that are going to likely take a little more money to make come to their, uh, to, uh, have them come to the Braves. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to have that money to spread around is, that's a pretty solid thing. So, well, uh, oh, hey, Russell's here. We never see you here on this show. What's up, Russ? Hey, hey you guys. Russell. Hey, you guys. Goonies, shout out. Uh, hand orange covering eyes, super chats, LOL. Uh, yeah, I guess we don't have super chats. I mean, actually, we would qualify for them now because we have over 500 subs. And yeah, I guess we should start making money and taking you guys for everything you're worth. Uh, I guess we're not. <laughs> We're not doing a good job of that, are we? Anthony says, I wish I could leave Super Chats. Big Ben is awesome knowledge. Okay, well, I guess we're living in the past that we're not using Super Chats. So if you guys want yeah, them, I'll try to enable that. But uh, wish we've kind of talked a lot now about some 2022 draftees. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to go soon because I've got to do another show at 6. But yep. real quickly, Ben, give me a couple names of guys that you're excited about or – or maybe uh, just a guy you're really excited about and then someone 
who kind of blew it as a team. Like, why did they do A, B, or C? Uh, well, let me hit your first thing or your last thing first here. What the hell, White Sox? Um, oh. I think there's like one of their picks that I really liked. Uh, Jacob Gonzalez to me was a guy that I liked, but not. I don't know. He's just one of those. He doesn't do it for me. He's one of those like he's going to be a high floor guy, but I don't know where the ceiling is. Um, and there's, I really like overall what a lot of, there's a lot of players on the White Sox contingent that did okay. They're solid players. They're not a team that I would, I think that if you're looking at someone who maybe every pick they had was kind of like, really? That's, I mean, their next pick was Grant Taylor out of LSU who didn't pitch at all this year. Ooh. So you get a guy who you should probably be able to get for a deal. And in order to do that, you then go get a guy who didn't pitch all year. The White Sox um, drafted Calvin Harris, the pop star. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Wow, he's cool. going to play catcher. <laughs> um, and, and they play, what I will say, the White Sox then got uh, George Wolkow. And if you're looking for your um, Elijah Green type in this draft, that's the guy right there, 6'7", 240 already. I mean, he looks like he could go out and play, you know, some defensive back or defensive end right now. Wow. But, man, that's – he's – to me, that's the one intriguing guy I look at on this list, and I'm like, ooh, that'll be fun to watch. But the rest of it is like, come on, White Sox, you, you needed some – you needed some oomph. <laughs> and that's a team that they just they just didn't for me. Get no Tigers. No oomph. Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Anthony wants no, to know who was the biggest steal in 2023, Ben. Well, there's a lot of them that I really like. I will say, I'm starting to hear some word that the uh, Orioles are going to make a really, really, really big push to convince Tanner Witt not to go back to Texas. Um, they picked Tanner Witt 18th in the 18th round. He likely would have been a top half of the first round college pitcher if oh. he would not have had Tommy John this year. Um, but he has got two years of eligibility left in college, and so he's got some negotiating power. I like the rest of their draft anyway, but, man, if they could get Tanner Witt on top of what they got in the first five rounds, that's one hell of a draft. What is the likelihood of that happening? Don't always don't teams always try to do that, though? Hey, maybe. But- you know, that was a lot bigger in the old system where you had 40 rounds. Now uh, someone was telling me the other – or someone made this comment, I and I want to say it was maybe on like uh, Baseball America's draft podcast that they that eighty over eighty percent of the guys drafted on day three last year signed. So teams aren't really wasting these picks anymore on a guy that may or may not sign. If they if they're picking him, they think they've got a shot. They know what a number is, and sometimes it's just a matter of we need to float the money down there. And that could be, um, that could be a big thing. And and I don't I, I if they can get Tanner Witt on top of the rest of their draft class, I really like their draft class already. And it's just the freaking Orioles. What the heck, you know? They just <laughs> they seem to just be doing this. They're doing it right. Whatever they're doing, they're doing it right. Yeah, I'm surprised. Um, what about them hmm. taking Enrique Bradfield though? Is that, it doesn't make sense. You know, though he's one of those guys that. He could move really fast. He could. Or they could take their time with him. Either way, 
And hopefully, you know, if they're taking their time, they're trying to develop some power with him. If they're moving him fast, they're saying, hey, we need your speed and your defense in the major league level. You bring him up, and Cedric Mullins is a legit gold glove caliber type of center fielder. You move him to a corner, all of a sudden, nothing is going to fall in the outfield. <laughs> and you got a guy who could, I mean, basically, you've got Estuary Ruiz in your lineup. Yeah, maybe that's a, not a sexy guy, but it's going to scare you yeah it's not about um, that though look at this list I mean, outfielders and pitchers outfielders and pitchers these are all the orioles picks guys just endless outfielders <laughs> and pitchers until finally a catcher in round 16 they took cole urban from cal state fullerton but man they got so many outfield prospects here i know you can never have enough you can't predict the future it's just it's interesting it, uh, they gotta have a I, plan they gotta have some trade ideas brewing yeah. for sure that we don't know about i will say i really really like uh, if we want to get into maybe a quote-unquote steal, um, the Nationals got Cruz. Everyone knew, you know, okay, so this is kind of what their draft's going to wrap up into. And then they come around in the second round, and they got Yoandi Morales out of Miami, who to me is one of maybe the top five to ten college hitters in the entire draft class. And all sorts of guys kept going in front of him, and he ends up falling to them with the 40th overall pick. I think that's a huge huge value uh right now going on and if they <laughs> could you men getting Cruz if he is 90 percent of what folks hope he's going to be and Yohane Morales with his legit bat god just getting those two guys to produce something James Wood yeah well I mean yeah but I mean just I, those two guys in this draft that would be an amazing draft based on what those two guys is talent level and elijah green let's put them all out there in the field i mean yeah, be, the go. nationals have a lot of fun They're, the nationals yeah, they do. are walking into talent opportunities as well i know why pittsburgh took skeins but it's the nationals i really feel like they needed or wanted crews and they lucked out in that respect so I'm, I'm happy for them they got a lot of talent with the soto deal they might look back in five years we all will look back and say you know they got rid of juan soto but they got so much talent that's what you do when you have to give up an asset that you can't get back down the road i I think the nationals blueprint will be something everybody looks at in baseball in a few years i mean you could just go down this list for a bit the indians did really well i think they got one did it again that's two indians and no guardians today on the show by the way dang it i'm gonna get smacked but (laughs) I see, I see the C, and I'm in trouble. But uh, but Alex Clemmy uh, is a high school lefty that's six six, and just has some really nice stuff. And I just, honest to goodness, when I'm looking at his profile, watch a little video on him, I go, you know, if he makes it into the oh, let's say the the Guardian system, he's going to be a stud. Oh, look who picked him. Um, <laughs> and then another guy I really like is Alex Mooney out of Duke, and they got him in the seventh round. I mean, it's not like that system really needs a lot more middle infielders, but there's another one who's, you know, a lot of baseball talent, like not necessarily holy crap run, holy crap, crap power, anything like that. But <laughs> Yeah, people know, want to know is Tanner Witt related to the Witt family. No, he's Kevin Witt. If you guys remember Kevin Witt, that was a catcher back in the day, backup catcher, that's who is uh, Tanner's dad. Ah, I don't remember that one. Uh, Anthony also wants to know about a show now or coming up to MLB this year. We've had two guys asked about coming up this year who were drafted already. That's Schenauer and Langford. I don't think either one, even if they're both really good hitters. I don't think either one, but it is notable that the Angels already got Schenauer got signed. 
And so he's going to be quickly getting into into uh, camp and getting some reps. And, I mean, the Angels probably saw people talking about somebody other than them being the first or having the first guy out from a draft and said, no, 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 we're going to get us. <laughs> We're going to get us Nolan Schenauer, and he'll get up there faster than anyone. Yeah, so Schenauer went much higher in the real draft than he went in our mock. So, uh, yeah. I, did we get any and, mock picks right? I'd have to look. Oh, I, I, I didn't know if you checked. Number. I don't care. It doesn't matter right now because it's a mock. Yeah. It's just for fun. We had a Ricky Bradfield going to the Angels, I think. So, you just never know yep. what's going to happen. But uh, I got to go. I got to do another show here. We're out of time. We ran out of time here. I. We'll talk more about the draft last week. We'll gather more thoughts, too. You guys come back for more. We'll do one more draft recap, anything we didn't cover this week, which there's more players that Ben wants to talk about and I would like to hear about, and I'm sure all of you guys, you'll, you'll want to do your super chats. Maybe we could super chat Ben next week. It'll be a lot of fun. He's definitely worth yeah, it. You You're definitely worth a super chat, Ben. There's no doubt about it. This is the Palazzo Podcast. Prospects Power Half Hour. He's Ben Chase. Big Gentle Ben on Twitter. MJ Govier. Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah. Discord. Everything's in the description. Everything you need to know is all in the descriptions. YouTube's nice and organized. You can find everything there. Or just go to the podcast platform of your choice and hear the audio. Uh, Gnostic Baseball says, where's the other show? It's going to be right here where you're watching it now on YouTube yep. and Twitch and Twitter, I guess. Although I don't really don't like streaming to Twitter because you can't comment. When you're watching on Twitter, you can only watch because they got Periscope went away a year ago and they've not replaced that. It's really, yeah. but then it's like, what's the third option? I've got, I do YouTube and Twitch and then it's like Facebook. Facebook is very, I don't know. There's not a lot. Of, I don't use Facebook at all. Like I just don't ever. And there's a lot of people on, there's a lot of ways you get kicked off of Facebook. They're very picky too. So <laughs> I just, well, Hey, but you know, they, they've talked about, they want to do a lot of things with threads that old Twitter used to be. Maybe they'll bring back Periscope. Well, if they did something like that, I'm sure that would be a big boost. Absolutely. That's a good point. Uh, Brock Wilkin is Chad's pick for the first guy who will make his debut in this draft. Uh, do you have a do you have On the right team. Not this year, but Ben, do you have a prediction on who will be the first guy to debut in MLB? Not this year even, but the first guy in this draft class, which is I, a huge you know, draft class of people. It could be yeah. anybody. I, I would... I'll stay in the top, I guess, if you want to go top 10. Um, to me, it's going to be one of two pitchers, either Skeens or Louder, because I could see both of them moving quick. Or you're going to see Cruz jump up quick. Or you're going to have Jacob Wilson jump up very fast to the A's. Oh. And now, Jacob Wilson coming up to the A's may not be a sexy guy. That may not be a guy you really want to grab in fantasy but it would really help ace pitchers to have a steady defender like that behind them. And he's going to hit. I, I, I just, I could see that that's a guy that's going to hit 280 or better, but I don't know if he's going to give you anything else in fantasy. So I just feel bad for the A's, man. It's really starting to take hold uh, now. It's, it's over. It's done. Yep. They're not going to be in Oakland anymore. The fans got screwed. And I think as any fan from any other team or city, you would feel bad if your team went away. So we sh I don't know. I want to, no. I wish I could uh, stand in solidarity with them, but there's nothing I can do. It's unchangeable. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I feel bad for them. Would you support the Braves if they left Atlanta, Ben? Because it doesn't matter to you because you don't live there. Yeah. I guess for me, that's, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a Braves fan because my great grandma loved Hank Aaron. Oh. And she loved Hank Aaron back when he was with Milwaukee. So, I mean, I'm already a fan because of someone who 
you know, a player who was on the, a team in two different locations. So that's, you know, I mean, my favorite squad already has relocated at least once. And I guess if you want to put it that way, the A's are on their third city. That is true. Well, yeah, they've been, yeah, Kansas City, Philly. Yeah, it's very strange. There's a lot of, the more you dig around, I mean, it's an old, old business, Major League Baseball. There's been a lot of movement over the years, and nothing was sadder. If they could move the Cleveland Browns back as they did in 95, anybody was going to be moved. I mean, that was... That was gut-wrenching. That team was a part of any would, city as any anyone in history. I wish they would do something similar to the Browns, though, and have them move with a completely different identity. It's the only and time it's the, happened, Ben. We haven't seen the Sonics. The Seattle Sonics never came back. I really yeah. thought they would come back. There's talk that maybe there'll be an expansion team for the NBA in Seattle in a couple of years, but we've never seen it other than Cleveland. They're the only team that got their team back. <laughs> and. That's just it. Is if you can leave it open, I think Cleveland had the support. They just had an owner that wanted out of town. Yeah. Oh, he was desperate. Uh, he had was, the fan support. Yeah. And, Art Modell was broke, and he was desperate, and he panicked, and Baltimore was the savior. So, and then they had the best defense in NFL that, history. After that. I mean, you got to have that kind of support as a franchise. You know, Cleveland always had fan support, even when they were terrible. I actually, so, I've had my P. I've been playing a lot of PS2 lately. I've, I've been. I got the emulator and it's awesome. And I was playing some old baseball games on PS2. And they still got the expos. It's awesome, Anthony. I love it. It was, yeah. it's a flashback. In fact, all-star baseball 04 as the transitional team, like you have the Montreal expos were playing with the Puerto Rican stadium in San Juan and yeah. just brought me back to that whole time. But anyways, I got to go. I got to do another show. It's five fifty nine. <laughs> Good job, Ben. Everybody. Thanks for the live chat. Stick around. We're going to do the next show right now with me, Mike and Britain. Y'all keep it real now, you hear? Power prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the above. Don't need money, don't take fame. Don't need no credit card to ride on this train. It's strong and it's sudden, it's cruel sometimes. But it might just save your life That's the power of prospects That's the power of prospects When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.